Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. I'm here today with Mariana Ruiz. Mariana is a certified business coach and consultant and international best-selling author. She helps seasoned coaches and consultants scale their business by creating and launching their profitable group coaching programs. She uses her background in brain science, hospital administration, and 12 years of marketing, sales, and business experience to help you get results for your clients at scale, at a scale market and in a way that attracts your ideal clients and converts followers to group coaching clients through service-based selling. She has been featured on various podcasts, blogs, and online courses, including the Huffington Post, Today.com, and the Millionaire Insider Extravaganza. Through working with hundreds of businesses, she has empowered them to increase their profit and serve more people all over the world with group coaching. You can catch her podcast, The Impact Driven Entrepreneur, on her site, impactdrivenentrepreneur.com, or iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. So I'm so excited to have Mariana here today to chat all about how to 10 times the earnings per lead on your marketing without being sleazy, because let's be real, we do not want to be sleazy in our marketing because it's not authentic to us most likely and it just doesn't feel good and we want to do marketing that feels good that also can earn us money. So let's dive right into the episode. Hey Mariana, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to chat with you today all about non-sleazy marketing tactics. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all. Yeah, so um, my background is um, in nursing. Uh, when I was about 23, I got a job at, in the brain surgical ICU, neurosurgical ICU. And um, as a brand new grad, that is like different, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, my body did not physically love that. And what I realized quickly working in the ICU is that I could use my brain, which is funny because it's like, I was doing brain surgery, but anyways, I could use my brain um, and kind of use my brain to rise my way up the corporate ladder. And that's what I did. So eventually I went to coordinating cases for organ transplants and ended up going down the rabbit hole of hospital administration. And I was about to oversee three hospitals in South Texas when... My daughter was born at two pounds, 28 weeks gestation, like brand new preemie. Um, and it halted all of that. Um, in the meantime, I already had, as I was climbing corporate ladder, like I loved that aspect. Like I loved achieving and like getting to the next level, but there was this emptiness after my son was born. So I had started like a health coaching practice on the side And I was so grateful to have that when my daughter was born. So I just leaned in on that. And I was literally working round the clock bedside, you know, in the pump room, like (laughs) while breastfeeding with my laptop everywhere. Um, 
And I grew that practice and eventually, um, because I couldn't return to work, it just made a perfect transition. And I went all in, made the money. I made, you know, I got to six figures and, you know, started to show other people how I was building and growing my business. Um, over time, eventually that brand branched out. That's really cool. Yeah. It's a lot of the time, like people, when they go into entrepreneurship, it's because like either they were kind of forced to, or like, you know, something changed and they just had to be able to work from home for some reason or other. But it's, it's cool that you had your like kind of side hustle of your um, health coaching um, kind of already there. So when you had that circumstance, you were able to fall back on that instead of being like, oh no, what am I supposed to do for money? You know? So that's really cool to hear. Um, so before we dive in to really talking about marketing ourselves, I'm kind of curious, like what are some key ways that you think that we can market ourselves without being sleazy? Because I know there's so many things, so many Facebook ads I see, I'm like, oh, that's so, it makes me feel so, so icky. And you know, like what kind of things can we do to not give people that impression. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think that the the main thing is to check your intention, right? So if you're going at the marketing from a place of I need like the energy that you present as your marketing is I need sales or I need this to work. And this can be the hardest thing. Believe me, I know I was bedside with a laptop trying to make money. You know what I mean? Like this is the hardest thing to do, right? But we need to detach from that and we need to put our intention and hold our energy from the place of how can we be of most service to the people we're meant to serve. And so that shift in how you think about it and how you're coming to that marketing activity, how you're writing your copy, how you're serving your clients, um, that can make a huge shift. So my company now is called the impact driven entrepreneur and, and it's all about making that shift. It's about, okay, let's get you to work and operate from a place of service in your marketing. And then you don't have to be sleazy because it, if you want to do it from a place of loving, loving service, then it's, it, you don't, you don't need the pushy tactics. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I feel like people can smell that desperation from like a mile away. Cause I, when I first started my business, obviously I really wanted to get clients and, you know, getting your first few clients in the door is like the hardest part. And once you get that, it's like, sometimes you feel like you just can't stop attracting people. And that's the point where I'm at now. I'm like, oh, well now I have all these clients and people are still wanting to work with me, but obviously I don't always have the capacity for that. So it's like, you know, once you get those people in the door, then, you know, and you're not reeking of desperation anymore, it makes it so much easier to actually attract them. But it's a, it's a hard balance to find between, you know, actually, like, not being so desperate that people are like, whoa, this girl, like, you can just tell she wants to get clients for her product or service or whatever. And then, you know, being like, relaxed and calm and having people be attracted to you naturally. So definitely about <laughs> Um, so, you know, when we're going and figuring out how to market to our audience, do you kind of recommend us doing any testing with our copy or anything else for our products and services to kind of see what really resonates with our target audience? Cause I know everyone's audience is different and they're going to be attracted to different things. I know things like Russell Branson, the people that he attracts, 
you know, are a lot different than someone that I would attract or you would probably attract. (laughs) Totally, totally. And that's, I think that that's the most fun part. And, and when you frame it that way, it can be rather than having that be the tedious, like, oh my gosh, this didn't work. Or like thinking that it's all a failure, like letting the testing be fun. So I always say, let's put on our hat, like our experimenter hat. So if you were doing a science experiment, you would put a, out a hypothesis and then you would test it. And then based on those results, we can then make an inference and make another test and do another test and do another test. And that's really how you start to really hone in on the message that is going to get the results that you just spoke about, which is more and more clients and being consistently booked and like those kinds of things. Yeah, for sure. And I love how you compared it to being like a scientist and, you know, you put on your scientist hat and, you know, you figure out, okay, this didn't seem to resonate now let me go back to the drawing board and try again. And a lot of entrepreneurs, since they're so close to their business, it's really hard for them to do because they're like, why don't people like me? And you just really have to take like your heart out of it for that bit of time and really just dive into the analytics instead of being so focused on, you know, like why don't people like me or why don't people like this copy? It's more about just the cold hard facts. Okay. This is converting well. Let's do this. And obviously you still need to be a human, like you don't need to operate like a robot, but a lot of people tend to not be able to um, really let their heart go when it comes to, you know, their business because they're so close to it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's like, we don't have to make the, like the scientist isn't going to say, you know, <laughs> because this experiment failed, they don't like me. Mm -hmm. right? It has nothing to do with you. The only thing that it has to do with is it wasn't what your audience wanted to serve them. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't let that like ruin your day or week or month because then you're just going to be stuck in the same spot. And that's something I had trouble with learning myself because I was like, why are people liking this? I feel like I'm being my true and authentic self. And you know, I was, but it still needed tweaking. Like, especially, you know, not every, you're not going to put something out there and everyone's just going to eat it up. Most of the time you really need to take at least two to three, maybe even more tweaks until you're actually really resonating with more than just one person, you know, because people just think they're going to throw up some coffee and a million people are going to buy. And that's just not how it works. You really need to hone in, do that research, you know, take the heart out of it. And then you will eventually start seeing some results once you are able to do those things. Yeah, totally agree. So when it comes to increasing sales on our products and services, what is your number one tip for that without like that whole ick factor that we've been kind of talking about? Yeah, so um, I like to combine marketing and sales. And so what I mean by that is marketing is more of like, say you posted something that would be marketing because it's a message it's something you're getting out there to say that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um but to increase sales like number of sales that come in to the door you have to have a relationship and one of the easiest ways to build a relationship is to actually start conversations so whether that be under the post or whether that be you know like on a forum somewhere or whether that be on a phone call or whatever right it's 
making that really personal and high touch. And that's how sales doesn't become something you do to somebody. It starts with a conversation between two amazing people, you and your prospect. Yeah. Right. Or you and that person. And you don't even have to call it a prospect, especially if that feels like, right. So for me, I don't look at sales as being sleazy. I look at sales as a high touch, high connection, um, touch point that I get to service them in. Right. So I get to service them throughout the entire sales process. I get to say, you know what, through our conversation about your business, it looks like these are the things that you still need help with, right? Mm -hmm. And giving them that clarity on, like, let's say we were on a sales call, right? That is valuable for them, no matter what, right? And even if they choose not to buy from me, they can walk away with that, right? So it's that constant wanting to serve and wanting to do sales in a high-touch, personalized way, Mm -hmm. And then just showing up to serve them there and giving them the opportunity, right, to continue on with the service. If they want to continue on, that's amazing. If not, that's still okay, too. They can take everything that they learned and run with that. And that's the beauty Mm -hmm. of doing, you know, like really high content, content marketing, right? Like this podcast, right, is a beautiful gift to all of your you know, listeners, right? And then there's going to be a select few that are going to be like, you know what? I want more. I want to go to the next step. I want the full accountability with you, right? And that's Mm -hmm. how we just show up and create the connection piece. And then there's no ick factor. For sure. And I feel like even in the online space, like one-on-one connection is just so important. And I've seen so many people that are like, I don't offer discovery calls for my services because I feel like it's a waste of time and I've been getting on phone calls with people and they don't end up converting or anything like that. But to me, like 95% of the calls that I get on, we, they end up becoming a client. But if we're just communicating via email back and forth, like they don't, that doesn't convert as much. So it just blows my mind when some people don't want to hop on a 20, 30 minute call with their potential client or, you know, you know, someone to buy their product or whatever, just to have like that conversation. Like to me, 30 minutes of my time, if it's going to turn that person into a customer, whether they're working with me one-on-one or they're doing some kind of service or purchasing a product from me, like that's so much more worth it than, you know, it's worth my 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes of time. So when people say like, oh, I don't do discovery calls, I'm like, you're so missing out. Like, especially as a service provider, because I feel like sometimes people need that to really decide if they want to work with you or not, especially if it's a higher ticket item. Yeah. And I think it's like a beautiful way to really make sure that you're both going to be in that relationship for the long haul, right? Like via emails, it's harder to make that decision and like, you you can do it in a much faster, more efficient way on the phone. Yes. But you can also like start that relationship that mm-hmm. is going to be your coaching or your service with them in a really strong way on a call. I, I totally agree. So it just really blows my mind. People are like, I don't want to spend 30 minutes because they may not convert, but they also may convert. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's not time wasted in my opinion, and especially even if, like if they don't convert and they remember that you offer XYZ service, they could recommend you to someone else. Even if it's not an opportunity at that moment, it could be in the future. So it's like shooting yourself in the foot in my opinion. Yeah. And it's like, we got to have a long-term vision, right? Like 
exactly. long-term, long-term mindset. And then that takes away the ick automatically because it's not like you have to buy from me right now today. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's another, another big one, right? Is like, let's think long-term. Mm-hmm. What is the best long-term for everyone? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like, you know, discovery and sales calls don't have to be sleazy. I have been on a few that I was like, Oh, that's kind of, that's a little much. Like people are like asking you to pull out your credit card on the call with them. And you're just like, wait, <laughs> like, wait, give me a second to think about it. But you know, it's just like one of those things, everyone has different tactics and stuff, but I feel like majority of the time, like getting on the phone with someone for 15 to 30 minutes is not going to kill you. And it's only going to make you and your business stronger. Plus, honestly, as entrepreneurs, most of the time we're just at home by ourselves all day with either like our dog or if we have kids or something, you're not really getting that much like one-on-one connection with adults. So, you Mm -hmm. know, being able to talk to someone on the phone, even like, even if they don't end up signing, it's like, it's kind of like a little, you know, you got to have an adult conversation for once instead of me just talking to my dog. (laughs) So it's like, like, you know, you just have to look at the benefits of it. And most like 99% of the time that those benefits are going to outweigh like, Ooh, I'm wasting 30 minutes. Cause you know, that's a negative mindset and you don't need that. So that's mm-hmm. just, that's what I feel. But, um, yeah, totally with you. <laughs> so now let's dive into the three questions I ask everyone that comes on the show. So what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it? Yeah, so um, the for me, being an entrepreneur means that you um, you use your brain to make money, <laughs> um, and you can make money on demand. Um, and to me, that's a beautiful thing. And um, for me, my why and like my favorite part about it is making an impact. So I always talk about the five levels of impact, which are like how it impacts your life. So your own personal life, your quality of life, your schedule, like those things that care that matter to you. Mm-hmm. Then you have level two, which is like your clients and the ripples effect of that. Number three is your team who you're able to hire on, like what that looks like, what you're helping them to accomplish because you employ them, right? Cause they're not going to be employed by smiley faces and good jobs. They're, they need to have money, right? So that is all fueled through profit and um, making money, right? So I think that like one of the best things we can do as entrepreneurs is to master the money and the sales side because it gives us this power to transmute our impact. Um, And then there's two more impacts. I'll just go over them. And that's like um, philanthropy and giving back in bigger ways. And then the last one is invisible, right? So like when you said about doing the sales calls, it's like, yeah, maybe they didn't convert, but the invisible impact is something that you have no idea mm-hmm. that happened, but it helped somebody, right? Yeah. So maybe they didn't buy, but they completely changed one aspect of their life or they took a nugget from what you said to them and it brightened their day, right? And it's like, you don't know those invisible pieces, but being willing to show up for our role as an entrepreneur and to create impact in the world that allows all of that to be possible. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that's really important. And, you know, that invisible impact, like you said, is really key and something that you don't always realize that happens because it's not like that person always comes back to you and is like, oh, I really, I implemented this and I really enjoyed that you even told me that, you know, like a lot of the time people don't even like let you know that. Sometimes they will, of course, but just like, you know, knowing 
that you could have made some kind of impact um, is really, really helpful. And, you know, like I said earlier, it's 30 minutes of your time. It's not like you're spending like five hours with them for free. So it's mm-hmm. like, so it's just like one of those things you just kind of pick and choose what is really important to you in your business. Yeah. So when it comes to tools, what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? Just one that you just couldn't live without. Uh, Google Drive. <laughs> yes. Not that sexy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just everything. Like, you can make spreadsheets, you can make docs. Like, it's, yeah, my life is in Google Drive. Like, if, if Google Drive ever crashed, I would probably be out of luck because <laughs> all of my stuff is there um, for the most part. And, of course, I have it backed up on, like, a hundred. But still, like, it's just like one of those things. It's like, it would be hard to do business without Google Drive just because you're able to share it. And the funny thing is my husband's actually, and like he does finance and accounting and he's like so anti like Google Sheets because I guess the formulas aren't as like advanced and stuff. But I'm like, it's so much easier to share a Google Sheet than it is to send an Excel document back and forth because, you know, Google, you can just, you know, you have the link and you can just update it there with Excel, you have to like save and then send and it's just a pain in the butt. But <laughs> it's really funny to see like different industries loving like one tool and then other people are like, no, I'm not a big fan because X, Y, Z. Yeah, I'm totally yeah. with you. Um, and then lastly, who is your go-to business resource? Just someone that really inspires you and you're always interested in what they put out into the world and things like that. Yeah, so one of my my mentors that I've gotten to work with for the last probably three years is James Wedmore. And, um, I, he's like my, he's my favorite. Cause it's like, I get the strategy stuff with him, but I also get the mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was recently interviewed on his podcast. So like just everything about James Wedmore. <laughs> That's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. I- I'm in business by design. I just joined this go around. So I've been learning a lot from him as well. And he's really cool um, and inspirational. I feel like he really cares. Like a lot of the time, like, I feel like those bigger entrepreneurs just like, they don't seem to care about their audience as much, but he just really like seems to put in the effort no matter what. So it's really, really inspiring to see and really cool that you're on his podcast. Congrats on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. And then lastly, just let, me, let us know where we can find you. So your website, your social media channels, all that good stuff. Yeah. So um, my podcast is called The Impact Driven Entrepreneur. And um, my website is the same. <laughs> and I have a Facebook group that um, we just relaunched. So I had closed my first Facebook group and then I opened a new Facebook group. Um and it's called the Coaching for Impact Group, and it helps you to create, launch, and scale your six-figure group program. Um, and we, we do lives in there, and my team is in there helping you with, like, staying accountable, and we do challenges and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Well, I will link everything in the show notes so people can go check those things out. And thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode 83. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Media Babes community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more.
If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.